Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've been talking about, let me have your attention if you will, We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Um, Listen, there's a story, and I want you to write this down. There is a story in 1 Kings chapter 14. Write that down. I want you to read it in your own time. 1 Kings chapter 14. The story is of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. At uh, 41 years old, Rehoboam had just become the king of Judah. And he made the decision to have 500 gold shields made out of solid uh, gold, 500 shields made of solid gold. And each shield weighed about 19 pounds. That's approximately $40 million in shields. And so the king of Egypt, his name is Shishak, he saw those gold shields and he wanted them. And so he invaded Jerusalem and the temple and he took them. You might say that Shishak hijacked the golden shields. And you know what Rehoboam did about it? You know what he did about it? Nothing, nothing. Instead of fighting for the shields, he replaced them with bronze shields. So you say to me, Pastor Rodney, what's that have to do with the spiritual gifts? Well, listen, I believe that the church has been hijacked and ripped off and victimized by Satan, Shishak, if you will. We've been ripped off of the most important weapons known to the Christian and to the church. What's that? The gifts of the spirit. And we don't want to be a church that's ripped off by the gifts. Somebody say amen. If you've been with us, you know that we are in a series of studies titled Life in the Spirit. And so far, uh, if you've been with us in our series of study, come on, raise your hand. Let me see how many I'm talking to. Okay, that's a good number of you and a good number of you that have not. Um, So far, we've talked about the Holy Spirit is God, that he is a third person of the Godhead, and that he is not an energy, not a force, a female or karma. He is a person with a personality. We talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit is our parakletos, our helper. He will always be with us. He'll never mislead us. He's our constant companion and personal spiritual tutor and teacher. We talked about the work of the Holy Spirit in regeneration and salvation. We talked about the Holy Spirit has been deposited in us and serves as a payment, a down payment, and a guarantee that Jesus is coming back to get us. Anybody glad about that? Jesus is coming back to get us. And uh, I don't know, I'm looking in the news today, and I'm looking at what's going on in this great country of ours. And I'm glad that Jesus is coming back to get us. He's coming back to get us. Don't get, don't get polarized. Don't get polarized with any one side. 
that Christians, this is not our home. Our home is in heaven. And someday we're going to be with Jesus. And the Bible says that all these things that we see going on around our country are signs of the end times. That Jesus, these things are only indicative of the fact that the return of Jesus is near and that we are to keep our eyes on heaven and keep looking up. Don't get caught up in what's going on here on the earth. Because the Bible says in a moment, twinkling of an eye, Jesus is going to come back and take us to be with him. And all that's going on in the earth will not be of concern to us as believers. So let's, let's be mindful of that, that the Lord's coming back to get us someday, and that the Holy Spirit is a deposit. The fact that we are born again, the fact that we have the Holy Spirit living in, in us is a deposit or a guarantee of that very fact. Last time we gathered, we began with the introduction to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we talked about that God has given each of us a gift, and that gift is to be used to bless others and do the work of the ministry. And if we don't use our gifts, we handicap the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 4. We talked about there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Verse 5, there are diversities of ministry. Y'all keep up with me. There are diversities of ministries, but it's the same Lord. Verse 6, there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. In other words, I may possess a certain gift, and you may possess that same gift, and yet that gift operates different in my life than it does in your life. And even though the gifts operate differently, it's the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God doing the work through the gifts. Well, be that as it may, this morning we begin, or this afternoon, we begin to look at each individual gift. And I hope to, over the next couple of weeks, cover three, four of the gifts per Sunday until we have covered them all. This morning, you got your pen? We're going to look at the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, and if we have time, the gift of healing. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, and again, if we have time, the gift of healing. I've titled this sermon, The Holy Spirit and the Gifts, part two, selected verses. First, King, First Corinthians saints, Look at uh, chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, I need you to say a hearty amen. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Well, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of ministries, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same, who, saints? God. Are y'all reading the same Bible I am? Are there are diversities of activities, but the same, who, saints? God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But verse 11 Y'all read verse 11 with me? 
Verse 11, but one in the same spirit. Oh, I need everybody to read it with me. Hold it. I need everybody to read it with me. Verse 11, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Paul is writing the church at Corinth concerning spiritual gifts. Uh, if you've been with us, you know this, the spiritual gifts, all the spiritual gifts in the Bible are found in three places in the Bible. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. In Romans, we find the gifts of leadership and exhortation and giving and mercy. In Ephesians, we find the gifts of apostle and prophet and evangelist and pastor and teacher. And here in 1 Corinthians, we have 11 gifts listed. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And the Bible says the same spirit works all these gifts together. There are actually 19 different gifts in the Bible. Now, we've talked about this, that people have different views concerning the gifts of the Spirit. Some say the gifts have ceased with the apostolic era. They call, they call themselves cessationists. Cessationists cessationist believe that there are no gifts in use today. No miracles, no tongues, no gifts of healing, no interpretation, no gifts. And still others say some of the gifts are for today and some are not. And then there are others who say all the gifts are for today and all the gifts should operate in the church in, the, in an uncontrolled and unhindered manner. Listen, people may say one thing, but God, God's word says the right thing. Uh, you can say a better amen than that. God's word says the right thing. And the word of God teaches that all the gifts are useful for the day. All the gifts are given for our profit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Here's why. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. All the gifts are useful for the day, and they're given for our profit. And think about this. We see Jesus demonstrating the gifts of the Spirit on the regular during his earthly ministry. He was continually opening the eyes of the blind and opening the ears of the deaf and healing the sick and the lame and casting out devils and raising the dead and speaking words of knowledge and wisdom to people who heard him speak. So even in the life and the ministry of Jesus, we see the demonstration of many of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, let me give you a little background. You know that Paul is writing to the church at Corinth in the city of Corinth. Let me give you a little background about this city and about this church. Corinth was a city in south central Greece. It was pretty much a new city. The old city was burned in 146 BC by Lucius Mimimus. Uh, I like this kind of detail. The old city was taken captive and all the men of Corinth were killed by the sword. The women and the children were sold into slavery, paintings and statues, and anything valuable was taken and shipped to Rome. 446 BC, Julius Caesar rebuilt the city and he named it Julia Corinthius. With a population of 400,000, Corinth became an important city of commerce in the Mediterranean world. It also became a very immoral city. And as the culture goes, so goes the church. The immorality began to make its way into the church. 
the worldly mentality began to make its way in the church. Intellectualism and humanism, are you listening? And worldly philosophy began to make its way into the church. It's amazing a church could exist in this kind of city. Paul started this church, got your pen? Paul started this church on his second missionary journey, Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 18. Paul wrote First and Second Corinthians because of the problems in the church. Again, sexual immorality had found its way into the church. The Christians were taking each other to court. Instead of working their problems out biblically among themselves, there was pride and division and disruption in the church. They had problems in the marriage ministry. They had problems in the women's ministry as the women are praying and prophesying with uncovered heads. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The use, abuse of the spiritual gifts was out of control. And this church was beset with problems, problems taking up the collection, problems with the offering. Paul wrote this church to tell this church that all things in the church are to be done decent and in order. Look at chapter 14. Just go with me really quickly to chapter 14. It's like one page over. And look at chapter 14 and verse 40. This is why Paul wrote to this church. One sentence, one statement. Let all things, y'all looking at verse 40. Let all things be done, what? Decently and in order. This word order, you should write this in your margins. This word order is the Greek word taxis. Taxis, T-A-X-E-E-S, T-A-X-E-E-S. It's a military term, and it means to draw up in order, rank, and standing at attention. Paul said, let everything be done in order, in rank, with attention. And listen, when things in the house of God are in order, it just flows. Uh, Somebody say amen. Isn't that true? When things are in order in the house of God, things just flow. You know, I can walk into a church and tell whether there is order. Give me five minutes. I can tell whether you can feel it. You can feel order in the air. And you can also feel disorder in the air. So when things are lacking order in the house of God, there's chaos and disorder. When people are lacking in their understanding of authority in the house of God, things are are chaotic and disorderly. You know, we live in a culture where the word authority, people can't spell it. I I would tell you to write it down, but people can't spell it. People can't spell the word authority, not in our culture anymore. What's going on? You know, the lack of understanding authority causes a lot of problems and the misuse of authority causes a lot of problems. Need I say more? The misuse of authority causes a lot of problems and the lack of submission and understanding authority causes a lot of problems, whether it's in the home or in the church or in the city or in the country or in the world. God is the one who established authority, not man. Authority is from God, not man. God set things in order. Our God is a God of order. Go look outside. Things are in order. 
We're in order right now. We're all, gravity is working. We're all down here on the earth. Gravity is working. Listen, if you don't see that and you don't see, if you see anything other than people here, say no to drugs. (laughs) Amen. Because order is at work right as we speak. Order... The second law of thermodynamics is order. It says that everything goes from better to worse. Things are new and then they're old. That's the second law of thermodynamics. Things go from better to worse. So that that beautiful car that you got, someday it's going to be somebody's Coke can. Somebody's Coke can of soda because it's going to rust because of order. People go from babies to older people. So someday we're with the Lord because of order. Order is of God and order is needed in the world and order is needed in the church as well. The Corinthian church, the church at Corinth was out of order and because it was out of order, it was chaotic in their assembling together. And Paul writes chapter 12 to bring order and understanding concerning the spiritual gifts. I need you to look at verse seven. The manifestation of the gift is given to each one for the profit of some. Ah, oh. The word manifestation, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It means a shining forth. It means to make visible, perceivable, recognizable. The gifts are a shining forth or an expression of the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the spiritual gifts are a tangible way for God to be seen. Did y'all hear me? Is a, is a, is a tangible, the spiritual gifts are a tangible way for God to be seen, not you. Huh? Not you. God to be seen. And so my church background, um, when I first got saved, people were using their spiritual gifts. And quite honestly, as I look back on that time, things were out of order. And people would always, you know, people would stand up and, and give a word of prophecy and give a word of tongues, speak in tongues. And there would be no interpretation and, and, and things were out of order because they're not obeying the scriptures. And so, and people are looking at them. And you almost knew every Sunday, right about the same time, the same person was going to stand up. Where my people at? The same person was going to stand up and give a prophecy or thus saith the Lord. You can go, all right, in three, two, one, and go. Thus saith the Lord God. Every week it was amazing. And what happens is people start looking at you and start looking, oh man, they're so spiritual. Oh man, they hear from God. That is not the intention of the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit is a tangible way for God. God to be seen, not man. And when the gifts are exercised properly, they manifest God and people see the Lord through them. And it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit living in you. It's another thing to have the Holy Spirit flowing from you. When the Spirit is in you, there will be a manifestation of the Spirit. 
Paul tells us what that manifestation looks like. The manifestation of the Spirit is first up the word of wisdom. Now, let me just point this out. Listen to me close. There is a definite distinct difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Wisdom is the proper use of those facts. Knowledge tells you that little black animal with the white stripe down his back is a skunk. Knowledge tells you that that skunk can emit a pungent odor. Wisdom tells you to get out of there. Amen. Knowledge tells you that that coiled up rattling thing is a snake. Wisdom tells you don't try to pet it. Wisdom is the application, write that down, is the application of knowledge. And unfortunately, some of the smartest, most knowledgeable people I know ain't got a lick of wisdom. Amen. Who know what I'm talking about? Who know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, some of the smartest people, I done five PhDs, they don't have an ounce of wisdom just because you have knowledge does not mean you have wisdom. Paul says to one is given the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom isn't, listen to me close, isn't a vast tank of wisdom that you can draw from anytime you want. Paul's talking about a gift. Are y'all getting that? Paul's talking about, are y'all getting that? Paul is talking about an anointing of the spirit. Paul's talking about a wisdom that comes upon you in a time of need. It's a supernatural wisdom. I like to call it supernatural common sense. God gives supernatural common sense to rightly apply knowledge in a given situation. Here's a definition of the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose in the mind and the will of God. It is a God-given ability to receive from the Holy Spirit a revelation of what to do about a particular situation once you know the facts. The word of wisdom, let me read it again, is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose in the mind and the will of God. It is the God-given ability to receive from the Holy Spirit a revelation of what to do about a particular situation once you know the facts, the word of wisdom is the word, or in the Greek, it actually reads a word of wisdom, a word of wisdom. It's like the idea is like it's a fragment of God's wisdom. It's not human wisdom, that wisdom that comes from the human intellect. It's wisdom that comes directly from God. Notice the Bible says, that doesn't say the gift of wisdom. Notice that. It doesn't say the gift of wisdom. It says the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is not a gift of wisdom. It is a gift of the word of wisdom. In other words, God will send someone at a specific time with a specific word that will speak to your specific situation. Who knows what I'm talking about? God will send someone at a specific time with a specific word that will speak to your specific situation. Yesterday, I am typing this part of my sermon. I am literally typing, God will send at a specific time, a specific word for your specific, at that very moment, a Facebook message pops through from a sister who said she had been praying about, because I had been talking about asking God, about your gifts. 
and, and, and what you should be doing for the church and for the kingdom the last time that we were together. And she said she had been doing that, and she wanted to sing for the Lord. She sent me a Facebook message. I'm not kidding you. At this very moment. And she said she wanted to sing for the Lord. And so she said, uh, she told her dad, and, and he looked at her like she was crazy or she didn't really, you know, he didn't receive that. And she talked to her mom about it, and her mom was excited and encouraging her. And then they were at, at McDonald's that they had never been to, and a man walked up to them that they did not know. They had never obviously seen this man before. And he says to her, um, you have been struggling with your gift and what you're to be doing for the Lord. And God wants you to use your gift for his glory. God wants you to move forward in that gift for his glory and, 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 and be used of God in that way. She said she was blown away by that. I am blown away by that because as I'm typing this very statement that God will send someone at a specific time with a specific word to speak to your specific situation. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.